Off the Record, On the Rocks. Alright everybody, welcome back to another Off the Record, On the Rocks with my good friend, Mr. Ankarina Lara. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing wonderful, Michael. It's a beautiful day. It's the auspicious start to the Water Rabbit Lunar New Year. And uh, hey, it's all, all exciting in the news these days, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm riveted. We are cruising into February, month two of 2023, and the last seven days have once again just been jam-packed in the headlines. Um, the big one, kind of literally stealing the narrative, uh, Chinese spy balloons. Just, you know, enamoring the entire country. Everyone looking up at the sky trying to see this thing. I don't know if you watched the SNL skit. Um, I mean, it's just h- hilarious. And at the same time, uh, then you've got the State of the Union, Biden barely addressing this, but talking about computer chips and these were made in America. And obviously this is a, a, a big turning point, it feels like. And this China bringing this balloon over the U.S. is sort of like, a, what are you going to do about it? Um, we got a lot to get to in crypto regulation, Gensler, SEC, everybody making a play for how to regulate this thing. Uh Tell me your take. What what are you seeing? What's your what's got your attention other than the big balloon? <laughs> well, you know, the big balloon to me, we talk about stealing the narrative a lot. And, you know, honestly, there was a moment just a few days ago when everyone wanted to know what was the status of all the sick people in whatever city in China with COVID, what happened with the you know, with the revolt of the citizens who don't want to be in lockdown. It was like that was the news. And I feel like China just said, Hey, stop asking us about COVID. Let's fly a balloon over Wyoming, and everyone will shut up about that. Like, like that, they just made the narrative about that. Everything else that's happening in China, don't look at anything over here. There's a balloon over Wyoming. Like that's what's important. And like you said, the State of the Union talking about not overtly criticizing China, but effectively saying, "Hey, we're going to try to bring more technology back to the United States." You know, rah rah on the jobs report. Um, like you said, taking the roadshow. I mean, I feel like. I don't know, for as old and as ambling as our president is, he seems like he's got a real soft shoe going on right now. And uh, to me, so I'm, I'm just like the flood of, of, of news that's non-crypto related is actually kind of almost covering up some of these great stories about, like you said, the SEC and Gensler, who apparently woke up with a chip on his shoulder in February well, and wants to start knocking out teeth. Yeah, I feel like yesterday I found myself on a Twitter Spaces with some of the big OGs in the space, uh, G Money, Farouk from Reg- Rug Radio, they were doing the spaces on win regulation, and the 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 range of topics, the questions that were coming from the audience, and I got pulled up on stage to answer questions because, f- frankly, we've been studying this thing, we're watching mm. it pace by pace. But the point that I made on that on that spaces, and I want to kind of unpack with you, and we'll work backwards maybe from like the last 12 hours yeah, back, back a week in time. Uh, yesterday, Gensler making a play for uh, regulation on Kraken and specifically, uh, and actually Brian Armstrong was like the day before, put out a tweet, said we heard rumors that the SEC is gonna consider staking a security. And then the next day, Gensler is making this, this ploy for uh, for Kraken, saying that any staking on CBN, uh, CS, what's it called? CNBC, <laughs> CNBC, right? Gone yeah, on like the national, national. television. Uh, yeah, the best tweet was Gensler saying, uh, uh, 
your keys, your crypto on national television. And everyone's just like, what is this guy talking about? They had the staking video, real cringe. I mean, super cringe video. He's describing red meat, uh, not the steak you eat, but um, talking about staking and trying to explain to people uh, how you're making value from uh, these coins, as he calls them in the video. Super cringe on on Gensler's uh, Twitter. But the point that I made, uh, a couple things here to unpack. One, I can go back about, oh, I don't know, it's probably four or five weeks. It was right before the holidays. Yuga Labs, Board mm. Ape, ApeCoin, rolling out uh, staking of ApeCoin. And I got pulled into a couple of uh, Twitter threads and conversations because it was blocked in the U.S. You could not stake your ApeCoin in the U.S., this is 30, 40 days ago. And I thought, oh man, that's strange. You know, I've got people telling me, oh, you should download a VPN. There's ways you could do this. You can you can make it work, you know. But in my head, I was like, oh shit, that's weird. That's weird. And then 14 days later, you've got the SEC cracking down. It's, it's as if there are groups clearly working with the regulators, the good guys that we've talked about, mm-hmm. the folks who have already paid their fines, Coinbase, Yuga Labs, uh, who had to have known and in many ways were protecting their US-based customers by not allowing them to stake their ApeCoin. So that's all in the past 12 hours. That's Gensler, that's Kraken, that's this definition of staking of these coins now equaling a security. Uh, We haven't even gotten to (laughs) UK CBDC, Give me your take on the staking, and then we'll keep working backwards here in the headlines. Well, yeah, I mean, the it, it feels like Gary Gensler is the head of, you know, we talk about these guys. They all know each other. Everyone's appointed. It's like the mafia. These guys are just crime bosses. They wake up in the morning. They show up at your exchange, knock on the door, crack in, and be like, hey, be so terrible to have this place burned down in the morning. We need 30 million bucks to keep you guys safe. <laughs> Pay your tax, pay your fee. We won't have to come back. We won't have to bust anybody up. And usually, like you just said in the other examples of Coinbase, like Armstrong knows. Armstrong has Gary Gensler's phone number on his phone. He probably was fed the tweet of there's a rumor from hey, these Please guys. post this. Hey, can you post <laughs> this in the next 10 minutes? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I need this posted like right now. I mean, remember, no. you know, Caroline Ellison and uh, Sam Bankman-Fried, they all had Gary Gensler's phone number on their phone because he all knows all these guys, remember? Ellison's father or whatever was Gary Gensler, a professor at MIT, or they're all tied together. So when Armstrong, who's just a puppet, goes out and makes his little tweet, we almost should start tracking now when Armstrong or any of these guys who are sort of in those favorite positions tweet anything about a rumor. Let's just like start the timer. How many hours are going to go by before the guy's going to go on national TV with an entire script, like you said, with this cringy, just everything. I mean, to me, it feels like Kraken is going to be the next one that got the nod. You know, put the sword on your shoulder, that united up from the queen, and you're going to be moved in. Maybe, I don't know, is it a New York Stock Exchange? Is it a NASDAQ? I mean, what are they going to do? But somehow they're going to be ordained. And wouldn't it be funny if after they pay the fine, after they're told they can't do the staking thing because Gensler called them and blah, 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 and then some number of months go by, they ring the bell, become a listed stock, and then suddenly there's new rules about how we're going to provide staking. (laughs) 
because now because now, now it's staking as a service staking as a service now we actually have a program and a service oh and by the way my friend jamie diamond and jp morgan already have this as a right. built-in way for your time right. i mean you, it's, it's just what's happening in china but happening here what why are we crack why do we cracking down on so many like good american companies who are just trying to do the right thing they're trying to follow the rules and then they get extorted like it's a damn mafia play I'm reading the tweet from Gensler yesterday. It says, Today, the SEC Gov charged Kraken for the unregistered offer and sale of securities through its staking as a service program. Whether it's through <laughs> staking as a service, lending, or other means, crypto intermediaries must provide the proper disclosures and safeguards required by our laws. Now, I didn't watch his roadshow this morning on Squawk Box, but I would oh, almost guarantee worst. he talked about disclosures and safeguards. That's all we're asking for. We want to make sure that they're disclosing how these coins are being used and are they actually being staked and blah, blah, blah. I guarantee you he talked about that. Oh, yeah. And not only it. that, he didn't even ask, answer the questions that were being asked of him. I don't know much about the Squawk Box, uh, CNBC news heads and things, but I feel like they should be kind of maybe probing him harder. But then again, maybe they're just his pal. He gets on there and kind of just fumbles around and doesn't answer any questions. I mean, li literally, it was it's embarrassing. Like this is the guy who gets up and gets thirty million dollars from some company of young entrepreneurs in the United States to stifle innovation. You know, be, all all in this room. All he kept saying was protecting retail investors. This is for your protection. I'm your friend, Americans. Like this, we're doing this yeah. for you. And meanwhile, there's all these like, great innovation happening in all these other countries all over the world who don't have to, like you say, you, you get your ape coin airdrop to you like anybody else in the world, but then you can't even stake it because of this terrestrial boundary that Gensler and his cronies are managing. One of, the, one of the points, uh, there's an, a, a lawyer who showed up on this Twitter spaces last night with, with G Money and Farouk and myself talking about regulation. <laughs> this lawyer shows up um, and made a really good point, which I think we've talked about here, that really what you're seeing happen is there are a bunch of entities, legal entities in the US government, the SEC, the DOJ, the CFPB, they're all vying for that regulatory authority right now. Mm -hmm. And the point that this attorney made uh, last night you know, not legal advice here, but um, that depending on who brings those the uh, the charges or the enforcement or the fine, depending on which body it is, it determines the punishment, determines mm -hmm. the consequence. And I just thought it was a really uh, poignant comment in that that's exactly right. Uh, some of these entities will simply fine you, collect their right. tax, and then help you shape the regulation. The DOJ uh, can find, you know, can find criminal charges and then bring you to court right. and bring, you know, it's just interesting that there are, there's a battle right now, I think here in Washington of who's going to control that. And I'll, pull, I'll throw one other wrench and we can kind of put it, uh, put a pin in and come back to it. But the uh, Hermes NFT trademark ruling. So here's yet mm. another kind of web three. Is it art or is it something else? Is it a security, uh, frankly, or is it infringing on the IP? And I just think that's yet another, uh, another regulatory body, another facet of this conversation where we got a ruling this week uh, that the, the judge finding that uh, Rothschild had, uh, had in fact infringed on uh, Hermes um, 
IP by creating these Meta Birkin bags uh, as NFTs and selling them. Anyway, I, I don't know what your take is there on the regulatory bodies, the vying for that uh, sort of regulatory authority and uh, you know, the, the difference there and what it means in terms of punishments to each of these companies. But I thought it was a good yeah, comment. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, well, yeah, we have talked about that. There's definitely a street fight, right? Happening as to who's going to be the, the cop, who's a good cop, who's the bad cop. Um, and I, I guess I always thought that it was the DOJ who really is the only one of the ones mentioned that is government, right? Cause like the, the FTC is is currently trying to break up the acquisition of Activision into Microsoft. They can block mergers and and impose fines, but they can't indict you on any kind of charges. I'm thinking, right? Then you have the CFTC. Then you have who are just looking at like currencies right across borders. There's different big all these groups. I feel like don't actually have any authority to bring any criminal charges. And I don't think the DOJ has ever come up uh, as anyone going after any of these crypto companies. I'm trying to think, maybe with the exception of those ones like those tornadoes or where they can wash the Bitcoin and they're attacking them because they're obfuscating, you know, right. potential terrorist monies. So I think the DOJ gets involved in that kind of stuff. But like the SEC, too, I mean, these are just all randomly appointed people into these acronym groups that everybody <laughs> thinks is the government. But it's sort of like these ancillary things. I mean, the IRS, all of them are just sort of these groups that operate within the, the, the guidelines. Um, yeah, I mean, it would be, I feel like it would be insane if the DOJ starts coming around and like investigating American companies. That does feel like an overreach. And so maybe on the balance, like having the SEC come around and just extort you for a little bit of money is actually the better of, you know, the, the better <laughs> choice of the lesser of two evils in a way, right? The last thing you want is to have the, black helicopters show up and take you out of your house in the middle of the night. At least these guys are giving you a phone call and giving you 30 days to pay the money or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it, 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 I feel like the get Gensler, man, he apparently he's just marching down the road and just knocking over mailboxes with a bat, just one after the other. Nothing seems like it's going to stop him. So I'm, I'm sort of feeling like at least right now among all those acronyms, the SEC yeah, kind of has the swagger at the moment. I think you're right, and I think it, it also pushes the entire conversation into the realm of securities. Uh, like you said, NFTs are securities. Like, I mean, just how do we how did we get to that? Every single thing that we talk about on the show is now becoming a security. Is the meta is metaverse land a security? Is a your land that you bought in the metaverse <laughs> a security? Like, are you going to pay property tax? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now you know, uh, yeah, it, it's. It's fascinating that Gensler is going to steal that narrative, I think, from a regulatory perspective, and I think um, helps shape the regulation. Ah, the other point I know I wanted to make, you mentioned, you know, uh, sort of the innovation in the space. I think this is another critical point. I've talked about, you know, my own first party experience going through uh, the rise of social media and Reg FD and the SEC getting involved in the definition of disclosure and frankly, mm -hmm. working with the public companies to help define how social media, namely Twitter, could be used uh, as a disclosure mechanism. But I remember during those first early years, it was so gray for a company who maybe had just gone public. You know, they're, they're brand new IPO. They've got a fairly small team. They don't have giant uh, uh, legal entities. They have, obviously they have lawyers, but they're not well-versed necessarily in 
you know, the use of social media for financial disclosure. And it puts the small companies or companies who in that, in that era, who wanted to go public, who didn't have those attorneys, who couldn't make sense of the law, who couldn't, you know, uh, go to court to fight for the, oh, hey, we don't have, we don't want to use the traditional mechanisms. We want to use Twitter, but there's no rules with which to mm -hmm. do that as a company. That's creating, I think, this unfair advantage for the big guys, the Amazons of the world. Now, now I'm bleeding into the, the Web3 side of this, but think about this gray area, this time right now where there isn't clear rules. Is staking a security? Is it not? How does that, how's that going to work? I mean, I think we got some clear answers in the past 12 hours, but th there's no rule about it. So if I'm a company and I wanted to offer that as a service to, you know, provide uh, interest to my users, you know, if Amazon wanted to do that, they have enough attorneys that they could probably figure it out, bring it to the case, get an enforcement, pay the fine, and then begin offering this as a service. But the small companies, the uh, without that kind of financial backing, without that kind of expertise to navigate in a, in a wild, wild west while still being scrutinized by these regulatory bodies. That's, that's not fair. That's not, that's not how it it's not work. fair, but it's also just a mirror of what happened with web two and web one. Exactly. Now, when you think about like, I think we just talking with the Amazons and others, you know, squashing the competition and pushing everyone out of the market and creating a monopoly was absolutely their goal all along. But that's against the rules. You can't create a monopoly because then the FTC comes in and says, you can't do that. We're going to break you up. How do you prevent them from coming and saying that? Well, like you said, you got you got the right lawyer, right? If I'm a Web3 company right now, I want to know who the lawyers were who got library off the case with the SEC. Remember, they like won their case. Right. So who are those? Who is that counsel? Get the, I want those guys, no matter how expensive they are, because they have a path to do it. And just like in the Web2 world, those original guys who are out there writing all the rules around. Remember, like the Wild West, talking about like, you didn't have to pay sales tax because it was the internet. It right. wasn't a state. Right. Well, those lawyers figured out how to slow roll that, that whole legislation not sinking the ship while literally somehow figuring out a way to run Amazon and all the other companies without sales tax for a couple of years, completely unrestricted and unregulated. Everyone screaming their head off about how it's unfair. Every state losing revenue, literally one guy and his pals in, in Washington getting rich. You know, I think the real underlying story here, Michael, is that in a gray area, that is where people move in the shadows. And if you are networked, if you got Gensler's fucking phone number on your phone and you're texting him, then you're going to be rich because <laughs> you're the guy who's being asked to come to Capitol yeah. Hill and talk. Here's Mark Zuckerberg again. Here's Brian Armstrong again. The talking heads that just say what everyone wants to say. I mean, you remember you were talking about just now back in those old days with the Twitter, you know, disclosure laws. Remember those, those, those Washington, you know, meetings with the Congress people and they were saying stuff like, well, when I receive a, a Twitterer, and the Facebooks, and like these guys, like they're talking about what a like is and what is thumbing up. And what if I were to retwitter it to him? Does that mean I disclosed the thought? It's like these guys were just fumbling around. It was the Muppet Show. Um, and meanwhile, all these people are just getting richer and richer and squashing the little guy. So yeah, I'm with you. It's to me, it feels like it is kind of counter to the whole reason 
why Silicon Valley became Silicon Valley, why the internet became the internet. Well, it created opportunities for people around the world to create full running businesses as long as you had a .com address. And now we're saying, God, Web3 is the most important thing. The blockchain is the most important thing. We need chips in America, not China. Well, but by the way, you better not be too innovative here, sir, or we're going to come right. and make you pay $30 million. Like that, That's not American. It doesn't feel right. It, you know, I'll come back to where we started at the top uh, with China. And I think that, you know, it's a lot to unpack. But if we are talking about centralization of cryptocurrencies happening, a regulation of cryptocurrencies, effectively well, centralization. Central, centralization, I, th- I like that because they, they're trying to, to undo what the blockchain is supposed to do, right? Right. Decentralize, but like, no, we're going to centralize it. Right. And I think that that all paths there to me seem to lead back to CBDC, right? Like that, that now starts to just rise to the surface as frankly, the only technological way to even approach the problem. I won't even, I won't dare say solve, but I think that's where this narrative between how the U.S. is treating it and how other global countries are treating it, and then the true ethos of this frictionless payment system. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm already sensing your Bitcoin maxi about to come out here, but it's it, these two things are in direct conflict, and that, in many ways, I think is leading to the sort of global economic challenge right now or situation however you want to phrase it around the the lessening power of the u.s dollar sort of flattening of the global markets new mechanisms for international clearing um to use a blockchain technology cross borders um and you know we we always come back to or at least we we used to more i think than recently but coming back to the the art and the humanity, and I, my brain going to the donations right now, you know, uh, to to folks in Turkey who are mm. struggling, and all of a sudden you've got a solution with which you can move instantly, instantly, and there's no and, delay, and, and there's no delay, and CZ out of with finance. I mean, uh, what a great demonstration of why right. a decentralized blockchain is so valuable for humanity, like you're saying, and for those who missed the news, basically. Because you can geo-target wallet addresses the same way that you just described, not being able to stake an ape coin because you're in the jurisdiction of the United States, um, Binance basically said, hey, you can go and make sure that you have your location uh, you know, set and, uh, and verified. You're in Syria, you're in Turkey, you're in the affected areas, and we're going to airdrop you money. And they airdropped, five, was it $5 million, I want to say, worth of various coins to, to wallets to help out. And that's an instant transfer, no three-day, no ACH, no carbon Second. footprint, no driving cash around, no guarding ATMs, no turning lights on and having tellers hand the money out, like just instantly to a phone. Um, and that, yeah, that's something that I think we're missing, that the like, we're never going to exist as a country without every other country in the world, right? The United right. States, for better or for worse, exists, coexists with China with Russia, with these different countries. You know, we can talk all day long about it made in America and how we're gonna have our microchips here. Dirty little secret, we're still gonna be making iPhones in China. Like, it's not, that's just not gonna end anytime soon. Yeah. So now it's a question of how do you steal, steer that narrative? Like, you know, China's already got the CBDC. China wants to use it because they wanna track everybody. 
They want to know exactly what you're spending your money on. So they're like, hey, we'll make it really easy for you. All the money's digital. But now it's a blockchain, so we're going to watch whatever you're doing. And if we don't like what you're doing, we're just going to come to your house and make you go away. Or we'll Russia fly a balloon over your house and we'll, we'll <laughs> yeah. tell you how much money you're spending. And, and Russia, mean, you know, we'll, we'll make you go away. So the United States is like going to have to basically say, structure the narrative so it doesn't sound like, oh, we're going to do it like China. It doesn't sound like, oh, we're going to do it like India or do like Russia. We're going to make it, we're doing it like the United States. Here's right. your e-dollar. But in the background, by the way, we're tracking everything that you're doing. And here's your tax forms. And you can't right. lie. You can't hide. And now there's not just Chinese balloons flowing over your house, but there's American balloons. You know, it's, oh, we're going to be sur- surveilled all the time. That's what they want. I, I centralized, mean... centralized decentralization. Right. <laughs> or something. It's it's just a, it's an oxymoron. It's like we can't have it both ways. Not it, living in this country. It is all definitely, you know, feels like coming to a head. We're going to need more, I think, from these regulatory bodies over the next couple of weeks. We're going to likely hear those hearings on Capitol Hill. There's going to be more news from, you know, Brian Armstrong, Coinbase. Everyone's going to have an opinion. Uh, the staking thing is not going to go away. Um, I will maybe shift gears a little bit into uh, this weekend. We're, we're heading into the, the big game, into the Super Bowl. Uh, I did think it was interesting, especially talk about Coinbase, you know, sort of winning that viral ad competition last year. It's only mm-hmm. one year ago, one year ago with that bouncing QR code, uh, talking about crypto and had the, had the world asking questions, or at least the U.S. Uh, and this year, a bit of a shadow ban on crypto. That's the kind of yet to be seen, but that's at least what you're hearing from the, the sort of ad age, ad week, the folks who cover uh, the marketing industry and who's buying ad spots is that there will not be any crypto commercials during the Super Bowl this year. And that to me is, I, I use that word shadow ban because it's sort of, you know, you got people still FTX. It's almost like, no, no, no. Before we before we put start putting ads in front of millions of people, we need Gensler to go on Squawk Box first and make sure the financial markets know that you know the whole staking thing. We're not going to let those guys do that. The retail guys they're they're not going to be able to earn that kind of interest on on their tokens. So let's do that first. Then we'll let the advertisers <laughs> come back with their fidelity staking programs I next mean, Super Bowl. It, it, yeah, next Super Bowl. I mean, I was even thinking, like, half wondering, would there even be like a government-sponsored Super Bowl commercial, <laughs> where like we start to like tread into like the propaganda space of other countries, where yeah. you have like a hi, oh hello there, I didn't see you walk in. My name is Gary Gensler, and I'm here to protect <laughs> you from you know like one of those kind of like like public service announcement after school ads. Or I was thinking it'd be amazing if it was just like. You know, a shot, you have Tom Brady in a pickup truck sort of driving towards a sunset on a dusty road. <laughs> There's a dog in the back. There's, like, divorce papers on the front seat. He's kind of, like, crying because he's got no money because FTX lost it all. And he's, like, done from the Super Bowl and it's just driving away. And, he, like, someone asks him, like, where are you headed? He's, like, heading to Crypto.com Arena. It's, like, the only one still standing or whatever. Like, it could make it really fun if they did a tongue-in-cheek. I, I agree. I think there's something... We, we know, like someone's yeah. getting tapped. The, the government is hey, not, we're not going ready to for let, that yet. They're right. not going to let anyone steal the narrative again. They got caught with their pants down last Super Bowl, and this time they're like, "No way." I mean, the way you even said it too. I mean, you sent me that tweet. These these uh, these quotes, like these guys are being fed lines from their crypto bros. You know, 
not your keys, not your coins is literally what like YouTube influencers have been saying for a decade almost, <laughs> yeah. right? It's like that's a it's a YouTube kind of crypto crypto Twitter thing. That's not what the SEC chair says, you know, and like making stake jokes. Like it's it's so painful, painfully obvious to me that none of these idiots know what they're talking about. So for them to just hit a button and black out the Super Bowl while they get their crap, their shit together for another year, like you know they're totally going to do it because they're such ham-handed knuckleheads. So the irony of that situation is I just saw this yesterday that uh, a popular Rihanna song offered as NFT with royalty sharing ahead of Super Bowl. Uh, so sort of a, a interesting play. I don't know who's responsible Apple, for this. Apple TV is. <laughs> Apple TV Super Bowl. They're, they figured out a way to, to, to sneak crypto in under Rihanna. It's not actually an ad. It's a Super Bowl halftime show. <laughs> so she can get up there and talk about NFTs and they can't stop her. It's brilliant. I mean, who knows how this is going to end up. I'm looking. It says uh, uh, single edition music NFTs, sound.xyz music uh tokenization platform founded by dj and entrepreneur justin three val blah um yeah fascinating but keep an eye out for that it says holders are expected to receive their first royalty payout on february 16th and they will receive payments every six months based on streaming revenue um that's, that's really cool <laughs> how about this how about this prediction qr code in the lower third or during the entire halftime show for rihanna they're going to be just pump, claim, be pumping claim your poop, claim, claim, claim your claim proof, your your proof of viewing, right? Like proof of could, viewing, yeah. Because now you can say like I watched it live, you know, and that I watched QR, it live. I hit that QR code, and then it gets scanned with a date stamp on it, and it's like, okay, this was scanned at this time. They weren't watching the replay. We've talked about how right. all yep. of that ownership. Now I can own that moment. It's a memento. It's a proof of, and maybe the next time I go to a Rihanna concert. I get the Super Bowl, you know, memorabilia T-shirt. When I show up at the actual concert, they're giving me customized merch based on, you know, my my viewing habits. However, I consumed the Rihanna song or the Rihanna halftime show. It's fascinating. Twenty percent off your nachos, man. I mean, like you get all kinds of bonuses. <laughs> right. right. Trade that. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, Rihanna song. That, and this is basically kind of bringing it back, maybe for bringing it kind of back to the top, but like the, in the metaverse, you know, where you know, the SEC and all these guys have to get the regulation down for real life first, <laughs> because ultimately there is going to be all these same challenges plus more and new ones and amplified ones in the metaverse. And to be able to do things like time box, I'll use the term time boxing, which is sort of an old video game term um, for fighting games, but you time box someone and say, yeah, I know you hit the QR code in within this 20-minute live okay. broadcast. And that is going to become a thing that I think we're going to end up seeing now across tons of live type events. Because you're now saying, hey, everyone who's in the stadium can do it. They really are. They're physically there. If we want to go one step further, we can time box them and geolocate them. So I know, well, Toner was he, – he, he hit the QR code during Rihanna's show – but he was in Glendale, Arizona, in the stadium. Although the, the reception I hear there was terrible because half the stadium's <laughs> underground. But anyway, maybe you, do, you get that done. And I did it from home in L.A., so I get a benefit, but your benefit, you actually get the ability to put on your XR glasses from Apple because it's Apple's halftime show. Oh, yeah. And you're going to have Rihanna dancing around your living room. 
Good like pull. Like as if she's some kind of a hologram. Good pull. I think as the world is talking about crypto and metaverse, and we've talked about Apple focused in on reality, and what better way to showcase their capabilities without talking about crypto and without mm-hmm. talking about the metaverse, but we'll do it in real life with Rihanna. If there isn't some nod to augmented reality and this what is Apple it. is doing, I will be shocked that I will be completely shocked if Apple doesn't flex its muscle because the rumors are out there. They don't need to talk about crypto. They don't need to talk about the metaverse. They need to show millions of people who can pull out their phone and scan a QR code. Oh, I didn't know it could do this. Exactly it. And this is why when I saw the Rihanna halftime show was brought to you by Apple Music, it all the light bulbs started going off again. Boom, because boom, boom. what does Apple do better than anyone than any other company ever? <laughs> and, and at least in my lifetime, is they pull these magic tricks, which is yeah. you can't explain to someone what something is if they A don't expect it, they've never seen it before, and they don't know what it does. And so what Apple's done, like they they didn't come out and explain like Google Pixel and everybody else, and like here's every weird statistic about this handheld device, number of how speed and the processing and the blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, Apple just came out and just showed what an iPhone could do, a couple things. They're gonna just basically show, they're gonna say, hey, at the end of the halftime show, guess what? You may not have known it. You, I don't know, did you feel it? You were just in the metaverse. You didn't even realize it, but you were in it. And that was we it. made we made you hold your phone up to the TV without even asking you to. And then we got you to do this thing without even asking you to. And now you have this relationship with us, Apple, Apple reality, AR, like you were saying. I oh, what if what if it puts it straight into your Apple wallet? That's like, what I'm talking about. What oh if, my like, gosh. I mean that's that's instantaneous. Like they then could, you see they could... and, you, and, then, and then you're getting paid. Oh my god! What, what was the date again? The sixteenth. What's what's magic about the sixteenth? There must be something about that day. Uh, Is that like that's just next I, Thursday, I guess, right? So no clue. No clue. Is it a full moon? Magic... <laughs> <laughs> let's check. Let's seriously. Let's we need quickly. What's we need a lunar expert to come. Or, come or, in. or here's here's the, the conspiracy theory is okay. Apple announces all this stuff, does all this stuff. Somebody in the government gets somehow smart about what's really happening. Oh shoot, we got hoodwinked by Cupertino. <laughs> they just brought the metaverse. We were supposed to have no crypto ads in their entire halftime show. And then they're going to pay people out on the 16th. They're going to pay them with some unregistered co- co-share security something product. No way. How about the prediction conspiracy theory is that on the 15th or the 16th of February, there's some massive news that steals the narrative from Apple ever even telling anyone that they're getting royalties. Yep. What do you want to say? You want to say well, some massive news hits? Let's, and everyone let's forgets about it. the payment. We'll pin it. Keep an eye out for February 15th. No, the Super Bowl should be fun this weekend. I got two other quick things I wanted to get into. Um, yeah, get into it. Talk about NFTs. So we kind of went from, uh, well, Super Bowl, Shadow Ban, Rihanna, NFT, but bringing back that Bitcoin Maxi. This week, there was this sort of very fast and furious push for Bitcoin NFTs. I do not have a ton of information about this, but I what I do know is that Bitcoin maxis were like, why do we need this? There shouldn't be any sort of metadata attached to the Satoshi or to the code. That's not what it was designed to do. That's not, it's not supposed to be the data carrier. The other thing I heard is that if you sort of attach this, this, this metadata to a Satoshi, it's, 
it's tied to that specific Satoshi. So like if you mm-hmm. have a bunch of Bitcoin and then I like, you know, I pay for something. If I'm not careful about which sats I'm using, you could actually give away the attached quote NFT. I well, I think that was the, the counter argument to saying like, let's not do it on the chain. Let's do it on like some kind of a level two or secondary level because of that exact reason. If you're, if you're tying the two together and it's immutable on the blockchain, then if you give away the SAP that's attached to, you give away the NFT. So right. they're saying like, we can't do it that way. But I think what, what's underlying it all is, is Bitcoin maxis will often always say, oh, what's your project called? It's called Cardano. Oh, what does Cardano do? This, this, and this. Well, we, why don't you just do that on Bitcoin, on, on the Lightning Network? Why don't you just do that on, you, know, you don't need another coin for that. And the maxi will always say, no matter what the, what the project is, what the service is, well, you could always just do that on Bitcoin. So I think finally someone's like, well, you can't do NFTs on Bitcoin. Got to use Ethereum for that. And people are like, no, you totally can. And of course you can, but like you're saying, why would you? Right. And so, but, but ultimately if everyone's going to start to standardize on a lightning network, let's just say, and there may be just some standardized network that they start to go through the Ethereum network, there's not going to be 20,000 altcoin projects or 30 or whatever the, the, crazy you know, number is that that's these like guys come in it's gonna it's gonna be like 10 or 20 probably and there's gonna be the only ones who play fair with the sec in the first place everything else will just go away shut down so if that's true you know ultimately i think there's gonna be some solution where someone says yeah let's figure out a way to use nfts on the lightning network tried and true you know people try to attack it all the time yeah, the developers are active on the project there, there's no Bitcoin marketing team that is spending money on Super Bowl <laughs> ads. Like it's just a product that is technology that works and it continues to work. Whereas as we're seeing, you could wake up on a beautiful Friday morning and have Gary Gensler's ugly mug on the other end of a FaceTime telling you, hey, sorry, you got some bad news in your, email, your mailbox. You owe me 30 million bucks. Like, no, that, that's not happening. So I, don't, I feel like the NFT argument is one. I mean, you own more than I do at this point, but... If you could start seeing airdropped NFTs into your Apple wallet, if you could suddenly see NFTs coming through Lightning on your cash app, and it's that easy, and you don't have like gas, there's no more right. all that lexicon of language, that's when people will just say, I understand, right. I saw it happen, and now I'm in. Yeah, and I think the NFT phrase and acronym in and of itself fades into the background. You know, you will never hear Cupertino talk about NFTs. Uh, oh, mark my word. Never. never. No, it doesn't make sense. Um, but that that whatever it becomes, digital collectible, uh, it, 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 it honestly doesn't need a name. You have to understand the concept. And I think that's a point you just made a moment ago. Nobody better to help people understand concepts better than Apple by simply doing the magic trick, uh, putting it in their hands, showing them what's possible with this thing, not telling them. So that's, that's where I'm going to leave it. Uh, any, any final thoughts from you, sir, as we head into the weekend? You know, I think I'm going to go hit the ATM and load up on some Apple stock. (laughs) I think, I think it's time I've been waiting, but maybe, or maybe I should wait till the day after the Super Bowl or the, the 16th when everyone's supposed to be paid for Rihanna's thing, when the entire stock market collapses you know famously and all those programs get put on hold um no this has been great i'm excited good luck for your super bowl bets hope your squares hit and i look forward to talking to you again soon we'll do it again sir off the record on the rocks